This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. After two years, Apple finally releases a new iPhone SE. But is the upgraded budget phone worth your time? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to share his thoughts on the new SE is Senior Editor Patrick Holland, who has spent the last few days with the phone. Welcome, Patrick. You, uh, I just want to say to the people listening that not only am I on the podcast, but the people doing yard work outside my apartment right when we start recording this are also on the podcast. But yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. All, all are welcome, Patrick. It's all good. Uh, so overall, what did you think of the new SE? Simply, it's incredible. I mean, um, there's a lot to unpack when I when I say it's incredible, but just know this, that it's faster than any other non-iPhone phone. So all Android phones pale in comparison, including the Galaxy S22 Ultra, and this phone is affordable, and that's surprising to me. And speaking of that, how much does this phone cost? Yeah, so let's talk about the price. Uh, the iPhone SE costs $429 in the US, and... Um, yeah, that's a little bit higher than what it was in 2016 and in 2020. And to be completely fair to this phone, that is a perfect price for it. If we look at something like the Google Pixel 5a with 5G, that's $20 more. If you look at something like the Galaxy A52 with 5G, that's uh, that's almost $500 or less the original price. Obviously, those prices are meant to be discounted. But yeah, technically, the price went up. Um, side note, people are still hurting. People financially are hurting for two years. Mm-hmm. We have inflation. So it's tough to see that. I, I don't think that Apple should have lowered the price on this new phone, but I wish they had kept maybe the old iPhone SE around at a lower price. Um, I, we saw them do something like that a few years ago. I think it was 2018. They brought back the SE. Do you remember this? And they had it like at, uh, I think, 350 or even 299 at one point. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yep. So I was kind of hoping they would do something like that, but they didn't. So, so all right. Well, it's, it's a little bit more, but and I don't know if you can chalk it up to price or components or maybe even inflation. Like you mentioned, inflation is still a thing. Um, but let, let's kind of dig into what goes into the new iPhone SE. Like what what is new about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you look at it, you're like, what the heck? This looks exactly like the old one. <laughs> this looks exactly like the iPhone 8 or even iPhone 7 or iPhone 6S a lot of people have. And um, yeah, I think that's what's cool about this. So my quick description is the iPhone SE in 2022 is an iPhone 8 body, but they've improved the glass in the front and back. It's Apple saying it's the most durable glass they've put on a smartphone. Um, and it's the same glass that's used on the back of the iPhone 13. And then on the inside, they've added 5G. They added a larger battery. But the biggest thing they added was Apple's A15 Bionic chip, which I, the analogy I drew was there's a company in uh, California that takes old vintage Volkswagen Beetles from like the 60s and 70s and 80s, takes out that old crappy engine and puts in, in a state-of-the-art electric motor. And all of a sudden, this car is going faster than it should be. It's not maybe Ferrari speeds, but it's pretty close. Like, and you're just like, wow, that's kind of what this iPhone SE is. It's this 
beloved form factor for a lot of people. Um, for other people, it's also, you know, maybe a bit dated, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But then on the flip side, it's just as capable as the iPhone 13 you have. It might be more capable than the iPhone 12 a lot of people have because of a 15 Bionic chip. And I'm, I'm curious about the Apple did make a big, big deal about adding this particular chip. And just for now, like, as you mentioned, it's comparable to the iPhone 13 because it is the latest chip out there. How much of a difference does it make adding the A15 to this like in terms of what you can actually do uh, and, and what that experience was like? Um, well, really, when we talk about Apple and their A-series chips, we have to acknowledge that on the non-Apple side of things, we have qual- mostly qual- Qualcomm chips are largely mm-hmm. what's uh, powering Android phones. And those are really good chips too. Those are fast. Apple's tips have always just been a step ahead, it seems. Um, and what's interesting about this, it's not so much that this phone is able to do video games or 4K video with 60 frames per second on an iPhone SE, which is insane. It's the fact that this is going to future-proof the phone. So I was just on a cruise. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, but <laughs> I was shocked by how many people had iPhone 6Ss and iPhone 7s, iPhone mm. 8 Pluses. And they loved them. They didn't want to upgrade. There was no reason to upgrade. Um, but then you're looking at this phone. You're like, oh, I see. So this is like that pathway for them. Um, maybe they have an iPhone 8 or uh, and they can still use the same case even. Um, but then they're getting the experiences that someone who paid $1,000 or $1,400 for like an iPhone 13 Pro uh, with extra memory. They're having a very similar experience. So I'm able to do a lot of the uh, computational stuff. Like one of my favorite things to do is live text where I hold the phone up. There's a little button on the, on the cursor. It allows me to capture text. So if like a menu is on the wall, I can send that or ingredients or a phone number, you know, we're, we're still using a lot of that in the pandemic. But I think what's unusual about this is when I started at CNET, almost all the phones I reviewed were budget phones, and almost all those are from Android. And Android budget phones largely have a step down in processor. So it's not mm-hmm. the most fast processor. In fact, it's a lot of the times a lesser processor. So the analogy I drew in my review to this is imagine Samsung going back to 2017, taking its Galaxy S8 body, and then sticking the insides of the brand new Galaxy S22 in that phone and somehow figure out how to charge only $429. I just don't think other companies could do it, which is why they don't. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. Like the, the idea that you could take it two ways, right? That, that it's somewhat impressive that you can get today's technical achievements and, and plant them into a body that's several years old. On the other hand, if you look at it from a negative side, well, you're, you're taking a body that's like several, several years old, and you've got this this faster hardware. I don't think any other company besides Apple could even get away with this. Like, uh, how does Apple do that? That's a good question. Let's go ask Apple. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I would say this. the uh, I think one thing you have to think about is any phone that's going to be, let's say, under $500, you're going to have to have compromises. and. Yeah. Then the biggest places I see people compromising are usually the display. And if I have to be honest, the display on the iPhone SE does feel a bit dated. And not only does it have uh, right angled corners, you don't have the, those beautiful curved sides, um, but it's also very small because there's a giant, uh, we call it a forehead and uh, chin, but it's a giant bezel above the screen and there's a giant bezel below the screen that houses that home button, right? So in one sense, you have this very un 
like cutting edge design, uh, a very old, I call it the classic iPhone look that's been around mm-hmm. since 2007. So yeah, it's the mix of both. And that, I think that's why I was trying to go for like that Volkswagen analogy. It's like not everyone wants to drive a Volkswagen Beetle, even if it could go as fast as like a Ferrari, right? right. But it's also like, holy crap, this Volkswagen Beetle can go as fast as a Ferrari. This SE can do all these things that are capable. So I think uh, it's an affordable option for a lot of people, still probably not affordable enough for a, a certain other group of people. It's also an easy path for upgrade stuff. And I think the way Apple looks at it is it's an investment in their their customer. It's the fact that they're able to go, they're able to go like, hey, if you buy this phone, you want to hold on it onto it for four or five years, you're going to be able to do that. And if there's going to be features that they know that they're designing that are going to be released this year, next year, even two years from now that we don't know about and that this chip's going to be capable of, of handling. Um, and that's going to be great. And what's also nice is if you don't want those new features, you still have this, this design. And can I just, can we talk about touch ID and home button and how kind of nice it's to have that back a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, in this age, like I've, I've been wanting touch ID back on my iPhone 13 pro for, I mean, the longest time, right? Like having something, uh, some replacement for that. And so it, it's kind of nice. I might, you know, my, my dad still uses a phone with the touch ID. And so I think he has, he has the older version of SE. Um, and so, you know, there's folks, it's actually a good point because one of the other aspects that they didn't make too big a deal about on the, in the event was the fact that it's got 5G. And I think for a lot of folks who have older iPhones, pre-4G iPhones, which there are still a, a fair number of, uh, of phones out there, like this is a good way to kind of, this is a nice way to transition yourself to a future-proof phone, right? Even if you've got an older what is it, an iPhone 4S or 5, maybe 4? I forget which is the what I forget which model is like the cutoff where you just get 3G and where 4G gets integrated because Yeah, I think but I was saying, yeah, if you have an iPhone 4S, you have some major, major reasons to upgrade your phone. Yes. Um, or I would love to talk with you how that battery is still working. Um by the way, in my, I have a podcast, I'm too obsessed, and I found out that Catherine O'Hara, the actress, has an iPhone 4S and she keeps on getting the battery replaced on it because she just oh my is gosh. so enamored with that thing. Yeah. Well, that, that and that phone is going to be useless by the end of this year, by July, actually. None of the carriers are going to support that phone. So she needs to get an SE. Yeah, I'm sure she has a nice phone too. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't want, I don't know her. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I'm sure she has a real phone as well. But going, no, but seriously, going back to the 5G thing, uh, that's my answer. I think it's just a deep tie because 5G, and I don't need to tell you about 5G, but I wasn't able to test the phone on 5G in San Francisco because mm-hmm. there's not 5G coverage and I'm in the mission, you know? And it's like, wow, that's crazy, right? Um, and so it just goes to show that th- it is more about, I think, future-proofing the phone. It's yeah. also more about, you know, um, the carriers can say, hey, look, this phone is 5G. And But I do feel like it's a little bit like, hey, guys, all you got to do is put these crazy new tires on your car. You'll be able to go 200, 200 miles an hour on this road. We just haven't paved the road completely yet. In fact, you have to right. go slower while we're paving it out. And I feel like that's kind of where 5G is, where if you have, I had better 5G coverage in Greenville, South Carolina than I do wow. in San Francisco. 
<laughs> well, unless I, I live I, by, if I live by the Chase Center, I could go get some sweet millimeter wave, right? I yeah, there you go. Well, actually, you, you bring that up, but the iPhone SE can't get millimeter wave. So that is the one band that is the super high version of 5G. By the way, speaking of future-proof or not future-proof, like you won't be able to access that at all because it is it does is not compatible with those higher higher band spectrums. And and, and is this me being flipped? Who cares? Like, unless yeah. you are, I mean, and unless you're in the in, arena, if you're in the arena, <laughs> and then also you're, you're just getting that subpar, <laughs> that sub six, that would get really wonky. But you're right. Like, for the most part, you probably aren't going to care. But, but to, to our, our 5G nerds who listen to the show, hi. And second, this will support C band, which is going to be the quote yes. unquote true flavor of 5G. Um, it doesn't support it, I guess. It's a carrier thing, so I can't say it doesn't support now. I can't even get sub six 5G on this thing. So, but that's not a fault of the phone as it is maybe the carrier. And I, I don't want right. to throw any carriers under the bus. Cause well, well, uh let's let's also talk about the camera. Cause uh, we, we talked about A15 5G. You know, the glass display is the, the same strengthened display as the as the 13. But what about the camera? Because that's what most people use their phones for beyond actually that's what most people use their phones for. I was gonna say phone calls, but that's not a thing people do. Well, I think it depends on the person. I think the people maybe we talk to or know are probably more heavy camera users. I know I value a good camera. And to be honest, the camera on the back of the iPhone SE is great. Uh, Apple won't clarify, which I understand why, whether or not that the hardware, the lenses and sensor are the exact same as they were on the previous SE Mm. or even the iPhone 8. But Spec-wise, they're identical. I mean, it has the same number of uh, lens elements. It has the same uh, aperture and all that stuff. So really, what does that A15 chip do? It brings things like deep fusion processing, which you're like, if you're rolling your eyes, it's okay. All that means is in medium light or if you're indoors, you're going to get a better photo. And the photos on this are comparable to... Um, I did a little shootout for my review between the iPhone 12 mini, this, and the Google Pixel 5a with 5G. That's a horrible name. Um, And it's right up there with them, right? And you're like, wow, because Google's been doing that for a long time. They've had a really old camera hardware on all their phones, and these keep on updating the ISP and the machine learning and all that stuff. And you really see that. So in in bright light, this phone's uh, great. In medium light, this phone's pretty good. This doesn't have night mode, surprisingly, and maybe that's like a limitation of the hardware and software going on there. Um, but even in that, you're still getting a little benefit from that deep fusion processing. Videos look outstanding. Uh, again, I don't know how many people are shooting 4K 60 frames per second on like an iPhone SE or who want to, but you can. Um, it doesn't have stuff like cinematic mode, which we saw on mm. um, the iPhone 13 series, which is kind of like portrait mode for video. Uh, it clearly doesn't have ProRes video, which is like that really professional video stuff that uh, people, uh, filmmakers and um, like ad makers use and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's a very capable phone. But then there is the selfie camera. And the selfie camera, it gets definitely, it's improved, but it still has limits. And I think the dynamic range on it is still limited. Like there's times where I'm taking a selfie and the sky is is kind of, the highlights blow out to white. So you get kind of get that white sky it's like oh yeah i forgot that phones used to do that you know because we're so used to it figuring out blue skies and all that stuff um so it's a little limited you can't do 4k video with the selfie camera Hmm. um circling a little bit back to 5g i you can make hd facetime calls on wi-fi but also 5g which and that's pretty exciting because everyone wants to see that 
And going back to the screen for half a second, for the price, it's pretty good. It's not great. There's higher resolution screens for a little bit more money on the Android side of things, but then you're sacrificing other features that you want on the iPhone SE. Got it. And, and beyond the selfie cam, uh, is there anything else that you didn't like about this phone or maybe a little disappointed that we didn't get? Yeah, I would say um, as far, just one more camera thing I would say is like, this has a single rear camera. I think that's totally fine. I'd rather have a good, if not great camera like this than having like, hey, we added this macro camera that's crappy. And mm. so we could say we had two. Uh, zoom is tough. There's not like, you don't have that um, option to zoom in. Um, you, you can pinch the zoom. It does, but it's basically just cropping your image in. So at some point, the image just starts to fall apart. It looks like a painting. And so you have those limitations with some of that too. Um, I, I don't know if I would say that's a negative, but it's not like something that like makes the whole phone bad. I don't know how many people pinch the zoom, but... Yeah, I mean, a little bit like 2X, you're going to be fine. In fact, uh, the iPhone SE doesn't even show like 1X, 2X, all that stuff. It's just like a slider. <laughs> and yeah. I, I wonder if they're, I don't know. I don't want to like uh, conspiracy theory this, but yeah, there's that. But other things I miss on it, you know, oh boy, that's a tough one. I think it's such a unique thing. I don't know. I would personally, and I wrote a little story about this. I, I kind of would love to see if Apple, I'm sure they have it at their uh, headquarters somewhere, what a new iPhone looks like that's designed to be low cost. And maybe they did that and they either couldn't get the cost to, to come in line or it's just sacrificing too many things that people want. But essentially this is your phone to get into all those Apple things. If you want iMessage, you got it. FaceTime, you got it. Apple Music, you got it. Uh, you want to use Find My and use AirTags, you got it. I mean, all those things are just work well and they work just like they do on the iphone 13 you're just paying like half the price right well patrick thanks for the uh, breakdown of the phone you can check out his full review on cnet.com if you have any questions ping me on twitter at roger w chang and if you like what you heard please rate and subscribe to the podcast it really helps us out for the david charge i'm roger chang thanks for listening